Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Mustard Seed. I'm Andrew. I'm Ryan. I'm Josh. Join us on our journey. Wednesday morning, you know what that means. We're back at it. We are back in the studio. We are having fun. Tired, working men. I got a dumb question. Okay. The bags under your eyes, do those ever go away or is that permanent now? It's con- concealed. Like, <laughs> like sometimes I look in the mirror and I'm like, is this forever or can I work this off? <laughs> I think mine are more purple now. They make a cream for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I figured. <laughs> I got to look yeah. into that. Well, I think just rest fixes it too, but I don't, I don't know. I'm, I don't not, know a do- I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I don't have time for rest. <laughs> Let's do what Josh is great at. Oh, top yeah, five. Okay. Let's start yeah. off with the top five. So the top five most populate, pop, populated uh, countries. Countries. India. That is number two. <sighs> I was coming for the crown. <laughs> <laughs> Josh. China. Yep, number one, Josh. <laughs> wow. That's good, man. All right. Very good. United States. Yeah. Three. Um I don't know if I can say these countries. Uh Russia? No. Judging by Andrew saying I don't know if I'm yeah, trying I'm to think. I don't want to look. I don't want to look. I want to well, guess. <laughs> we're gonna be here all night because I don't know these countries. <laughs> I'm sure we could sound it out close enough. Um I know five. Don't uh, me for a loop here. The dyslexia is strong on number four. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. I'm thinking too hard about that one. Um, Populated. So it's not Canada. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'd be able to say that. Say <laughs> Trying to think of like big. Because there's like, more moose than people there. <laughs> is this Germany? <laughs> Germany. Um, is it. What's like a. I honestly it's don't know if I could think I don't of. Know if I, can. I don't know if I could think of anyone else that like really populated the Philipp- Philippines. No, everything's pretty uh, tiny outside of. I, yeah, five I can. The United. I know five. Four is the one that. I'm, four is the one you don't know. Um, Germany. You said that before, but that's not. Hmm. I'm. I'm definitely stumped. I'm not too sure if I'm going to be able to. Uh, Five, I believe, is Pakistan. Pakistan. And four. Indonesia. Indonesia. I never would have guessed those. I wouldn't have either. Yeah. China, number one. India. US, three. Indonesia. Pakistan. Pakistan, which Indonesia is very hard for dyslexics to read. Pakistan threw me for a loop. I never would have guessed Pakistan or Indonesia. Indonesia. I was thinking Europe. Is uh, Indonesia in Europe? Where's Indonesia? That's like uh, uh, the, I'm gonna say that's more like towards Russia, right? Like yeah, south. It's, it's like yeah, the the Pacific or what ocean? I don't know. I don't know geography, geography. Yeah, it's it's south of the the Asia. <laughs> south, of, it's on the other side. The main the, the land <laughs> mass. I've seen it. I'd probably point it out to you. Find um, a find a globe. Do you have you guys a uh, in school, did you ever learn or get tested on the 50 states? Like, I remember I had a test where it was just a blank 
yeah, yeah. picture of the United States. Isn't there technically 51 now? Is it technically 51? <laughs> Pluto is not a Port- state. Puerto Rico. <laughs> uh, Puerto Rico yeah, is yeah. a part of it. <laughs> um, I think I could still do it. If you gave me a blank United States, I think mm. I could still do it. Yeah. I feel like I could. Just I probably no. would switch some middle ones by accident, you know. Yeah, no, those I, are the tricky ones. Yeah, and I wonder if you could, could you name all 50 of them without seeing the map? Like if it was just 1 to 50, would you be able to name all 50 of them? That's a good question. I think I could. You, you know what I, I don't know. <laughs> That's like a joke from, uh, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but Friends... Like there's an episode where they do that and they they can never remember what like they they like stop at forty nine and can't get and they the can't 50th. remember what the fifty that's like the whole episode is I'm trying to figure out what the fiftieth one was. I feel like I feel like it could. If so we pulled up the list, maybe I, we'll do a bonus feature. <laughs> Go on Patreon. <laughs> we'll name all fifty. I states. saw this thing where um this guy was they were in New Mexico. No, he they were in Texas, right? And he had a New Mexico license and they were getting married in Texas. He was marrying a Texas girl. And he had to present his license. And they said, sir, you have to be a citizen. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> From New Mexico. Oh, no. And then he gets the manager. And the manager's like, sir, yeah, but you have to be a citizen. We need your passport. He's like, no. It's like New Mexico is a state. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's one that you could forget. New Mexico does sneak in there, you know? You kind of forget it's there. That wasn't my dad joke. That was a true story that I saw on the news. <laughs> Speaking of dad jokes, I'll do it real fast. A grasshopper walks into a bar, and the bartender goes, oh, I have a drink named after you. And the grasshopper goes, you have a drink named Steve? <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic. That, that gets me. Simple. <laughs> yeah. That was good. Oh, I'm, I missed it. Wait till You've been on it, Andrew, with your dad jokes. You've been doing good. Yeah. Keeping uh-huh. us on our toes. There you go. Round of applause. What was that uh, first sound that you played by accident before? Uh, it was like a, it's like a music. So we can put our our song on here. There you so go. So that when we start, we could like have have it play. Wow, this is a pretty cool little vibe. I am. I'm loving that. All right. On that note, let's get into the topic. That was good. <laughs> I just hear you. I have no music, but... Oh, you didn't hear yeah, the music? No. Oh, you didn't uh, hear it? No. That's oh, all right. Oh, I, if I can hear us. Yeah. Doesn't matter. You can hear Josh? I can hear Josh. I can hear you. Mm. can no hear music. God. <laughs> wow. It's <laughs> uh, impressive. So I wanted to uh, talk about uh, Romans 7 a little bit and just like um, what Paul was trying to get across and just kind of like unravel that and see how, like how you guys felt about that i don't know if you guys were able to read the passages a little bit i did um i did read there's a little snippet uh i sent for josh to read sure so it's romans seven thirteen. it says therefore did that which is good become a cause of death for me <laughs> <laughs> one more time for the people in the back <laughs> Therefore, did that which is good become a, ca- a cause of death for me? Mm. Okay, that hit the second time. Did, did so, that which is good become a cause of death for me? Yeah, I totally didn't accent that. Right? <laughs> like, Therefore, did that which is good. Yeah, close. <laughs> I had to break it down a little bit. So 
I take that as your strong, like your strong faith mm-hmm. comes in your weakest moments that you have. Your weakest moments, your strongest faith comes forward. Wow. That's what you got from that line? That's what I got from that. Interesting. Therefore, that which is good, did what is good then bring death to me? By no means it was sin. So, okay, cool. Because my, my first initial reaction to that was, like, what has once been good has now caused sin in the sense of allowing something that might be a good to become too much of my life. Like, it consumes the things that or replaces God in that sense. You know what I mean? So what did you say, Andrew? Just to remind me from that. The Your weakest moment mm-hmm. puts forth your uh, the strength in your faith. I like that. So in another sense of like, like you even though like you're your lowest like, yeah, of lows. The strong part of your faith comes forward. Yeah, so that's kind of emphasizing the, the, like the death for me. Like that kind of concept of like, I'm in my lowest now as a result of maybe idolizing something good or misusing something. And then now I'm able to be weak. So therefore I'm strong, like that kind of concept mm-hmm. through, through the Lord. And a lot of this in Romans 7 with Paul, a lot of this is, so Jesus died. We were forgiven of sin. You're born, you have the clean, clean heart, right? But sin is still out there. You still can sin. You can still can do things. So your hands are dirty, but your heart is clean. Mm-hmm. God redeems, mm-hmm. but we're still living and, in a world. And sin. there's, there's two things. There's a, there's a bunch of things I want to talk about right now where there's law, right? About what the sin is. And for each law, even if it's like when you're a child and it's like, don't, don't touch that. Don't take that cookie. And you still take that cookie. There's this line in the the sand that you know, like that's sin, like sins. And then there's sin, which is like the, like murder and yada yada, like things like that's the engine. And then there's that line that you cross, like that's where your hands are dirty. He's saying like there's more than just like things that are bad that you can just clearly identify like murder is wrong. But then something is like lying is a mm-hmm. sin, but it's how easy it is to just lie in little ways, right? Like in that comparison. Yeah. And the problem, I feel like I wrote this down too. The problem with that is like this culture, uh, we have told ourselves um, we should govern by our feelings. And we almost made that like a false idol. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is a hundred percent, you know? It, it is. It really is. Because you, when you do that, when you create this kind of relativism where everyone says, How, what I feel is true, what I feel is right, and so therefore I'm going to act upon that, you're becoming God. Like, and so you're creating little gods that are just wreaking havoc, mm-hmm. you know, in their lives and in others as a result. And it's not in line with what the Lord longs for his people, you know. You know, a lot of what I've been listening to and reflecting on during Lent is is like that total surrender of self. Mm-hmm. And that's a challenge, I think, in today's world, too. And I feel it, too. Like, you're, how you're explaining your feelings and, and kind of relating to that. Like, God asks us to go further like than that. Like, to totally surrender yourself. Like, even in the situations where, you know, it's it's not it's not necessarily, like, a bad 
choice, right? But it's it's the constant decision to put others first that can help in like those major times where you need to surrender and, and choose God over yourself. It's funny you said that because it's like I wrote down this too, like when I was preparing for the week, there's a there is always a constant tension between in your life between the flesh and the holy and the spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's like what I think you're going off. Definitely. Like. And that's where like our Lent is is a reminder and a way to practice. Like, it's like a reset. Yeah. Yeah. No, of course. It's like let's let's take a time to really just strip it down. Like how can I live in a way where I'm totally reliant on God from prayer, fasting and almsgiving, right? Even as simple I, I feel like I've been trying to challenge myself more during Lent of like doing something uncomfortable every day. And like I constantly find myself being like so why am I doing this? Like, it's not Friday. Like, I don't need to fast today or whatever, right? Like, you could always make little excuses, like, of the flesh. But the challenge to, like, make those little decisions can be very beneficial in a way. And that's, I think, where where Lent and the practices of Lent is, like, a great way for us to just get stronger in our faith through those little sacrifices. Yeah, and then it bleeds into regular time, ordinary time, you know, as a result of that. Because if you think about it, that's what life is. It's kind of this duality, this kind of balancing act that we have between the flesh and, and of, of our spiritual life. And, you know, we have to kind of see everything through that lens. And it's, it's times like Lent where we can kind of put everything back into perspective and be reminded of what matters and the importance of prayer and almsgiving and fasting and how that can really, you know, strengthen our relationship in this time to, to, you know, to bleed into the rest of our lives. Like, yeah. That's what I think we talked about on like that first episode before Lent when we were talking about, like, I just remember thinking about, okay, I'm going into Lent with the idea of that I want to create habits that will be lasting throughout the year. Because I always find myself starting off well, whether it's like in January because it's a new year or it's the beginning of Lent. And then Lent goes on and it's just like, all right, well, I did good for a week, so... You know, I'm going to take a little break now, you know, like I think I did enough, you know, but it's, Hey, how do you really persevere through that? Um, and that's the battle of like flesh and the spirit. It's just, it's a tough one. I have maybe an unpopular opinion, but I feel like speaking on all this, listening to you guys talk, it's, um, a lot of struggles with a lot of people is they throw a lot of blame at the church and like that they're you know, they'll blame a preacher, they'll blame a priest that they're not like feeling it and they're not taking it in. Then they're starving for more content from them. But it's your fault. You're starving. You have the full meal right there. You have the Bible. Like you're not supposed to what they read three passages from the Bible when you go to church on Sunday and that's maybe 10 minutes. That's not enough. You need more. Mm. So like that is part of it too. Like you need to open things up yourself and just figure things out. Yeah. And all of that helps with that. You know, like this, this you're supposed to take it home. You know, yeah. it's not just a lived experience on the Sunday. It's supposed to be your, our entire lives. So being, you know, reading the Bible is a good way to, to do that. Yeah. So, so many people um, try to blame like on experience or just like what they, what happens in the church is just, why they can't get into it but like you're not getting into it on your own like you're not like accepting i think that's the challenge in today's world for sure right like 
I can definitely understand that because you want to feel like you're getting something out of mass, right? And I think the easiest thing to be like, well, the priest wasn't that good. You know, I didn't have a really good mass, mm -hmm. but there's so much more that's there. I appreciate the fact that I feel like I've started to learn more about that. Like just being in the presence of the Holy Eucharist and being at church like can feel satisfying to me. But to understand too that like there's another there's a deeper element than just like what the homily is. Right. And like, I think that takes time for everyone as a Catholic or just as a person of faith. Like it, it's something that I don't think I ever felt when I was little, but now I feel like I can appreciate more of just like what mass is. Um, but yeah, I definitely understand that. Like what you're saying, Andrew, like there's, there's more to just like who's preaching, you know, it's, it's about the sacrifice of the mass and that we get to, witness that each mass like just this the last supper in a sense of like each time we're in mass you know and to feel that presence that's that's life-changing but it's not instant you know it takes practice i do feel yeah yeah and it's it's faith and it's grace and how do we grow in those things other than the willingness to receive it you know and that's kind of where the challenge is 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 how do we live our lives in a way where we're open to faith, where we're open to grace, to then be able to see more clearly. That's cool you said the word willingness, because I feel like that's where I've hit a little bit of a, a kind of a, not a crossroads, but more like a stop for myself with Lent. I've recently felt that, like I went into Lent with this real like desire to create something meaningful for myself and just life right so i can take with me and i felt like i got to this point after a couple of weeks of, of like god really asking me to do more and like just really challenging me to like kind of take that next step of just like complete surrender and like finding myself struggling with it and it was like is it the willingness that i'm like holding back like willing to do that to do more you know what i mean like how do i explain that in the best way possible it's it's a um like you, you, what is it that you can find from your faith that can help you like be willing to go further? Right. And I've been trying my best to lean onto the fact that like there is a, a reason that I'm here, right? Like God individually loves each and every one of us. And that can be that like, okay, I understand that. So I'm willing to go further now. Like, but it's like, what is that for each person that can create like that willingness to go. Cause I, I think the invitation is always there, right? God is always reaching out for us, but it's like, are you willing to really listen or are you willing to really take that next step? And like, mm -hmm. I think so much of it is, is us holding back and not necessarily God not reaching out. And you know? in, in Romans seven, that's, it covers that. It's like, no, you need to do it. Like if you don't feel like doing it, well, that's when you know you should be doing it. Yeah. And that's what it really like, Cover. there's so many different interpretations people take from that chapter i feel like with paul and him i'd know. say the entire book of romans yeah. you know so it's very powerful but yeah i think kind of stemming back to what andrew was kind of saying in the beginning like it's kind of in those moments where we we feel this feel god pushing us to things greater and then when we kind of struggle achieving that that kind of puts us in a place where like we can become res receptive to those graces because now it's like, Oh, I don't know if I can, I don't know what it is, Lord. I don't know what, 
what more do you want? Like, what can I do? And in, in that moment alone, like you're reaching out, you're, you're opening the door to something else. And then again, we just have to be able to see and, and to listen and to hear and to, to understand what the Lord is calling us to. But we have to have that moment where it's like, okay, <laughs> I need some help here. I need some help. And then when you reach out, he, you know, he, he, he gives you that strength and he gives you that. And then all of a sudden, like in those weak, weaker moments, that, that strength can, can come in. Right there. What is the strongest thing? I'm going to piggyback off Josh right there. What is like one of the strongest things you've ever asked for as a person? And I believe the strongest thing you can do as a person is ask for help. Yeah. It's not easy to do that. No. Right. Especially us as men. Yeah. Because that's not that people take that as you giving up when you ask for help. No, that's you not giving up asking for help. Yeah. Because hmm. it's kind of like accepting that we're not God. Mm-hmm. And that's for us as men, like that's always the temptation in our lives that, that Satan wants to put in is like we are God, you know, and this kind of pride, this proud, this arrogance, this pridefulness. Like I can I can handle my own life. I can do it myself. I can all that. But in reality, it's like, no, like you're you're made with community in mind. You need help. You and that's help. perfect because Satan is real. Satan is out there. And that is what we are navigating through as we figure this out yeah and he wants to isolate you more than anything Mm -hmm. else like that's where he gets you is in that isolation Hmm. so yeah and it's interesting and even with um within romans itself too like i was looking at what the passages that you had sent us and we were talking about it's like kind of the acknowledgement of like i know what is good but i'm still choosing what is wrong (laughs) like you know like i feel like you get to this point where it's like, I know if I just surrender, you know, and I, I ask the Lord for help, like these things will get easier or the, the, the things I'm struggling with, but it's the stubbornness. Of like that, I got that, this. I can do it. That's the image I want to paint with like, you have the clean heart because God, uh, Jesus sacrificed himself and did died for our sins. But then you have the dirty hands cause you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So like you're clean, but then yeah. yeah. And even too within Romans, how it touches on like how sin so quickly almost feels like it consumes who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you've said that before, Andrew, right? Like, um, what is it? The devil knows you by your sins, but God knows you by your name. Yeah. It's like how you can beat yourself up over like I, the sin that you just constantly can't get away from. Right. Yeah. And it's like, as much as I know that it's wrong, I still end up in this situation and I leave and I'm like, what? A, like, why? Like, how did that? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I knew it. And it's just this constant struggle. And it's not until the surrender that those things can kind of take place. And I think the most important thing through that is like perseverance. Like mm. don't give up. Just keep pushing because it's always going to be a, a stumble and a bump and a bruise in the ray like on, the, on the way. It's just like constantly keep going. I heard this image recently, which was really kind of a cool image for me. Because I think for us, like as fathers, like we can feel this too. Like to think about how, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, think about like your son or your daughter getting hurt or doing something that like you know they shouldn't do and they're, they're wrong, right? But you instantly go over there and you comfort them, you know, and say it's okay. And your, your love for them does not change one bit, right? And that feeling or that image of like a mother and a, and a baby or a father and a baby is the same love that God has for us. And it's like, even when we make those little mistakes, like faith of a child, like think of that as 
how God is reaching out and saying, it's okay. Like I'm here, you know, and it's just, it'll do that every single time, no matter what. So he's always there for you. Yeah, well, definitely. And going back to what you're saying about kind of the nature of sin, it made me think of this line from Thomas Aquinas, which in Latin, it translates to like, sin is something that like deforms you. It like de like uncreates you. And there's something to that where it's like you become less and less of like what you're being called to be every time that you, you sin and kind of fall into that temptation. But then what does the Lord do when you go to him and you ask for forgiveness, when you seek his loving hands and his, his creation, he recreates you, you know, he brings you back together. Like he puts you back together. So. Brings you into who your truest self, right? Yeah. Like Matthew Kelly would always talk about that, like being the best version of yourself. Like that's what our faith does for us. And we said that in the beginning of the episode, like, you know, talking about feelings and kind of like relying on just like, well, I feel this way. So this is where I am in my, like God and our faith like challenges that. And it's hard sometimes to, you know, give in or really understand that it's not like a change of who you are, but it's, actually more making you more fully of who you are like allowing god to fully work in your life so that you can be the greatest version of yourself Hmm. yeah i think just talking about personal experience a little bit um you know i was unemployed for like a almost a year and a half almost two years and in the midst of that i was just begging the lord to like move like just like i don't know what you want like I need, I need a job, and I was trying to apply at different places. I mean, I probably did like 100 resumes and applications, and I just never got anything. I never got anywhere, and the Lord just kept saying, like, wait, like, wait. And I was like, no, <laughs> I don't want to wait. And so because of that, there was like this frustration that kind of stemmed and kind of, you know, happened within that time where it's just like, I'm so mad. Like, I just want, like, stability, and I want all this stuff. But the Lord just kept saying, like, wait. Just wait, I'll show you. And then the second that I was like, well, I had this moment where I was like, no, I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to do it my way. And it didn't work. Surprise, surprise. And it wasn't until I realized that like, I can't do it alone. I can't do it myself. And I let go. The Lord was like, you're going to be a mailman. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, like I was just, it was insane. And it's going to work out and it's going to be really great for the family. And, and so there, there's something to that where it's like you, you kind of you want to do this thing and you kind of take the, you know, take your life and make it your own when reality is it's the Lord like allowing you. And he's like, he's like yeah. laying the path for you. And um, the second that you remember that and kind of let him guide you. Then. Yeah, you always try to grab the reins yourself yeah. and then. I have that feel. I don't know if you ever had like that type of feeling yourself. Like mine was my weight loss journey of like me, like constantly like trying diet after diet, like, Oh, and you lose 12 pounds there. And then you're like, Oh, I got this. And then you're not. And it just like, it legit like took almost a disease for me to be like, all right, I'm in your hands. Please help me. And then boom, it clicked. So is that what letting go look like? Like I'm, I always like to think, like, to go deeper, you know? Because we say the word, like, okay, letting go. Like, 
No, we don't just break out in song like uh, yeah, no. Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> like the, I don't know. Did saying, you do that, Josh? <laughs> Josh oh, actually I, danced totally, around the whole house. I totally did. It was fr- frolicking happened. No. It was Elsa. The movie is based off of Josh's life. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I think for me it was just like I needed that moment in quiet where I just like got it out. You know, maybe I, I remember I did a lot of spiritual direction and that really helped a lot. You know, just talking with, with Father Rob, who we know, and, and Father Sean, a good friend of ours. And just kind of getting all that stuff out, like getting the frustration out, being able to like talk about it. And then, you know, then sitting in, in quietly with the Lord and just praying, just, just getting it all out, getting it all out. I think um, last podcast uh, you brought that up about um, we were talking about Jesus and you said even he needed after he like healed a bunch of people did the fish and everything he needed that time where he needed to go reflect and be by himself too so like yeah. need to look at that for ourselves and just yeah. like we need that <laughs> as I, humans I would argue that that's one of those things that like that is a necessity like we need to have that in order to function in this world yeah. because the world says go 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 and it never doesn't want us to stop it doesn't want us to rest yeah. especially not you know in quiet in prayer and that's the one thing that we need to have, get through have you ever done um i'm sure you guys have gone to many uh prayer like sessions at a church and like where they're really like telling you to relax and let go and they're like talking you through it and like like i had an experience with this um before my uh before logan we had a couple miscarriages and we were really down on ourselves and me and jess went uh, i don't know if it was a lent thing or it had to be a lent thing and we went to church and it was at nighttime and the the person he wasn't a priest um uh, i forget his name i feel bad he does all the uh confirmations on long island tony uh oh but uh, oh my gosh! His brother is is my was my uh, yeah teacher at school. <laughs> I'm playing on the Tony name Sons. too. That's my mom's gonna be like, me. "Come on!" Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I want to say Tony Spinelli, but that's not. No, it. but it's close. It's um, <laughs> Tony something. But he he Father, did he did the Father uh, Joe. Joe. Tony he did this thing where he's like talking us through it, doing the prayer, he's and he's awesome. telling us to yes, yes, he's telling us to close our eyes, meditate, and picture all this stuff and i'm going into Belizzy. it Belizzy, tony Belizzy, shout out tony Belizzy, long yes. island um so brother joe is his brother he's talking talking telling us all this meditation this yeah. is, and i'm like this isn't gonna work i'm like still down on myself like when you have all these miscarriages and you're like is it me am i doing bad for my wife blah 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 so he does this thing where he says like close your eyes picture god picture heaven and I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. And I did it. I closed my eyes and I calmed down. And literally it was like an hour and 20 minutes. And I felt like maybe two minutes went by. And I like when it all was said and done, like I was just amazed and like literally like welling up with tears. Like this one thing was like picturing Jesus and Jesus was legit holding. And this was the next month we got pregnant. Jesus was holding a baby in a blue uh, blanket. And um, then it said, picture people you lost. And for whatever reason, I pictured my dog Bailey. 
and she came running over to me. Like, I was extremely close to her, more than whatever, but um, I pictured her out of all the people I've lost. She came to me, and they said, she's going to bring you over to Jesus, and to God, and she did, and then she ran off. And then I was there with Jesus, and he's holding the baby. And then he's there with two children I didn't know. And they were supposedly, like, they were mine. And it just was, like, amazing. Mm. Just I to, know, like, fall into that. No, I know that exact, because I did that retreat with uh, Tony Belizzi, too. And I know that whole process. It's really powerful. And that's what I think, like, to your point, Josh, it's just... It's hard in today's world. Like I try to do like some quiet time every day and that's not easy because it's like you're just going, going, going. And it's like, I don't have 10 minutes right now. But then meanwhile, I'll spend 10 minutes on my phone, right? Mm. Like that's letting go, right? That's what I'm taking from this. Letting go is allowing some time in prayer and allowing God to work and speak to you. And it's more about like just that moment to just step back, right? Because when you step back, it's like you remove yourself from everything and, and, and you say, okay, I surrender. I, I allow, I'm allowing you to work. And it doesn't happen on the go. Because when you're going, you're not, really, you're not letting go, right? So yeah, yeah. that quiet time is really cool. And God can amaze you. It's like, I, I don't know if either of you have witnessed this, of like touching your children, just like the things that they say. And you're like, wait, what do you, what do you mean? What do you, like, um, not to keep going back to it, but like we had one miscarriage and we buried in our backyard and we have a little grave in back there and logan um was back there playing and i'm holding elijah i'm feeding him and i see him back by the excavator that you got him and he's digging and he goes over towards where it is the grave and he's like talking and he's like oh hi angels how are you angel and i'm just like what what is he seeing like what is he and he's like looking up at heaven i was like oh mm-hmm. Ryan is convinced that babies see angels. Yeah. Um, they're the closest they are to God than we are. Right? They, they came just a little while ago. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I say, kids have such an incredible capacity for this stuff. I mean, Eli, just today, we were listening to music because what we've been doing is like in the evenings, like, you know, I'm so tired and Claire's tired. We just kind of laying on the couch. And I, I like to listen to classical music in the evenings just to kind of relax or whatever. Because, you know, I just get touched by the beauty. And we were just laying there, and we were, like, listening to this incredible song. And Eli was, like, just out of the blue, was like, that song made me feel like Jesus was in my heart. <laughs> I was just like, whoa, <laughs> yes, like, big parenting win. <laughs> and Claire and I, like, high-fived. Like, it was like, whoa, that's so great. That's cool. That's neat to hear. Yeah. But yeah, we need that moment. We need that moment. And it is, it is so hard as us when we're in the world and we're working and we have all these responsibilities and duties as, as father and as worker and as husband and all that stuff. Like, But man, we do need that time. Like I can think about times in, in college when, you know, you have all that free time. And, and I remember Claire and I, when we were dating, we would go to this um, perpetual adoration chapel. I don't know if you guys have ever heard this before. But there, there's some places where they have adoration all the time, 24-7. And so what they do is they have people on, on the schedule and they'll do, they have to sit in with, with Christ always. And so we would do that. We would sign up at like 3 a.m. or like, you know, 
um, 11 p.m. or whatever. We would just go, and for an hour, it was only like 10 minutes away from the college. And we would just sit there, and we would just pray in silence, silence in front of the, in front of the, the Eucharist. And those moments were the, like, the closest moments that I have ever felt with Christ, sitting in a, in a silent, warm room where you're a little sleepy, and you're just, you're just praying, and you're praying with a loved one. And it was like just being able, to, like what we're saying, being able to lay everything down, all the stresses of the world, like, oh, I have these finals coming up, I have to practice with guitar, I have this, this, you know, this performance, all this stuff. And like in, the, in those moments, it just fills you up. You know, it really does. And so it is so important for us to take that time because we need it in order to, like, be who we're meant to be. And then, like we we're saying, the best version of yourself, you need that time. And isn't it great, like, just to acknowledge that, but it's like, I, I want to go and do more, right? I want to actually yeah. do that, right? Because, yeah. yeah, every time I leave adoration, like, you always feel like, man, this was great. Like, yeah. why don't I do this every week? And then each week passes by and it's not, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I think that's a great reminder for us to make an effort especially before lent ends as we're getting closer to that um that's great and segue into uh potentially a consecration are we in yeah Mm -hmm. so as we're talking about all this we're talking about um fatherhood and and who we are as men and what we're trying to strive to be as men um saint joseph is probably the most perfect model of a father, a follower of Christ, uh, literally Christ's foster father, right? And just a husband. Um, so recently I, I picked up the consecration again. And on May 1st, there is the feast day of St. Joseph, the patron saint of workers. Um, so for the next 30 days, starting tomorrow, actually 33 days, starting tomorrow after this episode is released, we're going to try and do the consecration. So it's really simple. If if anyone's interested in joining us on this, it's available on Audible. So it's free on Audible, the app itself. It's the Amazon app. Um, so the consecration of St. Joseph by Donald Calloway, right? That's the one that we're going to be doing here, um, is on Audible. So you could listen along. And I think for everyone's busy lives, listening is probably the easiest. I think I might be listening just the amount of time just that in spend your car, in the car. Drive, yeah. yeah exactly yeah, I mean, it's basically one listen while you deliver the mail that's yeah, it I, yeah, <laughs> totally there we go but i'm just excited for what this can bring for us like here we are exactly and that's amazing i think for us too like we're grinding through it like with jobs with parenting with everything and sometimes we need that little reset the way to let go and i think saint joseph is probably one of the greatest people to let go into i'm, I'm just going to read this little paragraph from it to kind of explain why this is also important for us too so um there are many reasons right as to like why we can do this but first the father ready we need the spiritual fatherhood of saint joseph to help us protect marriage and the family Marriage and the family have always been under attack, but in modern times, the threats have reached extraordinary heights. I think we can all agree that there's a lot going on with marriage and families. And for us as Catholics, this is what we've talked about in the previous episodes, right? Like the relationship that God desires with us can be emulated and reciprocated in marriage, in the sacrament of marriage. So, so for us, this is where St. Joseph really comes into play. Um, and there's this line here from so 
sister Lucia Dos Santos, which is uh, she's from Fatima. She was one of the uh, children at Fatima. She says the final battle between Lord and the kingdom and the kingdom of Satan will be about marriage and family. So for us in it right now with life, with work, with everything, I think we can turn to St. Joseph and kind of allow him to, to guide some of our, our lives a little bit. So I don't know. I'm excited to do it and I would love to do it with you guys. Um, so for the next 33 days, I think we're going to consecrate ourselves to St. Joseph. Yeah, let's do it. I'm excited about it. Awesome. <laughs> throwing it out there for anyone if they want if you want to yeah, join, join us like, leave it in the comments tell us how your journey's going with us exactly and since it's on audible it's yeah, easy. easy turn off this podcast once we're done no, not our podcast once the podcast is over you turn on audible and you yeah. can listen to that as well and we could journey along together and, and what, what they're usually like 15 minutes to like 30 minutes exactly sometimes. the longest is is 28 minutes um, yeah. but most of them are 15 minutes and um, it follows St. Joseph's life. It gives a little reflection to think about, just like the characteristics of St. Joseph. And then you pray the litany of St. Joseph. It's really powerful. The last time we did it, that's when I felt like I took a turning point in life. When we we're talking about letting go, um, that was 2020, the end of 2020 into 2021. I felt like St. Joseph started really guiding my life. So I would love to like get back into that because I just feel... Like now is a great time. So, yeah, cool. Something to throw out there for all of us to try and do together, yeah. all the listeners. And not just men. Yeah. St. Joseph is a protector of virgins, right? The protector of Mary, his husband and bride. So, it's a uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, we appreciate you guys. Uh, follow along with us. Um, we. Appreciate all the subscribers, all the likes, all the comments. Uh, keep it up. Thank you so much. Um, we are also on Spotify and uh, YouTube is the main channel. And um, stay rooted in Christ and uh, follow us. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks.